is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I'm here to tell you today, the Spirit of the Lord upon Jesus Christ opened the door for the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and lives so that we can live a life that's pleasing unto God. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, once again, to the Gospel according to St. Luke. Luke chapter 4, picking it up in verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, speaking of Jesus, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of them all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled. In your ears. And I want to continue with what we attempted to start last week Jesus' great announcement. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I only have words. Lord, these words without your anointing will fall on deaf ears. And Lord, there are many needs. I pray, O God, today that you will anoint me to rightly divide this word of truth. That your people may hear it, receive it, be drawn closer to you. Lord, as you anoint them today, Lord, I pray that they will be drawn closer to you. May we all be drawn closer to you today. Deeper into your word, Lord, help us to be led more by your Spirit. And Lord, we are careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. On this particular day, as Jesus stood up in the synagogue there in the little village of Nazareth, there's no doubt in my mind that the place was jam-packed to capacity. People there, the locals, were there out of curiosity In the past several months, they had heard rumors of miracles being performed, of even the dead being raised. 
people from miles around had gathered, because never man spake like this man. And when Jesus stood up that day, the Bible says that they delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he found the place. It's actually Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1. And in that one verse of Scripture, it solves the problem of the human heart. Now, I made that statement last week, and everyone here said amen and nodded their heads, and many of you by radio, I'm sure, agreed with what I said. But how? Let's read it. Verse 18 once again. There are seven points here that addresses the issues of mankind. First of all, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's number one. Number two, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Number three, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Number four, to preach deliverance to the captives. Number five, recovering of sight to the blind. Number six, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Number seven, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And like I said, most agree with the statement that this addresses every malady of the human heart. But how many of you understand what is being said here? Now, when I began this last week, last week was pretty much an introduction. And this week I was going to go through all seven of them and then finish up next week with the response of the people to what was said that day. And as I began to dive into each one of these, I began to realize there's no way that I'm going to be able to address all of this in a single service. So... It's going to be a couple of weeks before we finish this, but that's all right. Let the Lord have His way. I pray for God's anointing. The Lord can say more in just a couple of seconds than I can stand up here and preach all day. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's dive into the first one here. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. How is the Spirit of God resting on a man that lived 2,000 years ago going to address my problem? Let me say that again. How the Spirit of God resting upon a man that lived 2,000 years ago, how does the Spirit of God resting upon him solve your problem, my problem? today how it's a good question i'm going to try to answer it this way today in the very dawn of time the bible tells us that god after he created this world reached down on the sixth day and took dust from the ground and he formed a man with his hands. But that man was merely a statue until God breathed into his nostrils and man became 
a living soul. It is believed, and John tells us that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. If God created man in His own likeness and in His own image, it stands to reason that when God created man and breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul, that man was clothed in an array of light just like God the Father. When Jesus died on Calvary, was raised from the dead the third day, he sat down with the disciples during a 40-day period. Sometime during that period of time, And the disciples sitting there, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to take that little nugget and put it right back here in the back of your mind for a minute because I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Jesus did right there at that moment the exact same thing that he did in the book of Genesis when he breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and Adam became a living soul. His body was empowered by the Holy Spirit. There is no life outside of the Holy Spirit. Understand that. But all of that changed when man fell in that garden. When man partook of that tree, he noticed his nakedness. Went over there and grabbed some fig leaves and tried to cover himself. That clothing of light that was put there by God disappeared. The other thing that happened, God said, In the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Man died spiritually. The Holy Spirit that gave life, that empowered him with life, left. And man is now empowered by his own blood. Dana, if you will, go to Leviticus 17. Leviticus 17, verse 11. God said, Leviticus 17, verse 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. I want you to notice that little portion there where he said, The life of the flesh is in the blood. The blood. The Red Cross, they have places where you can go and donate blood. And they say, give the gift of life. That is a true statement. Without blood in your body, you're going to die. And Terry here will know what I'm talking about, and many of you do as well. If you put a tourniquet around your arm and shut off the blood flow to your arm that arm will begin to die. So it is the blood that's what's keeping us alive. But I want you to understand this too. It's also something in the blood that's killing us as well. You see, because when Adam partook of that fruit, he eats something, and what you eat gets absorbed into your bloodstream. 
he sinned in that garden when he partook of that fruit. And I believe there is a gene of sin that is in the bloodstream. And it's passed down from generation to generation. We were created in the image and the likeness of God, but what you see today when you look in a mirror is a far cry from what God originally created in the beginning. Sin has killed every single human being that has ever lived. It will continue to kill every single human being. Except for one. And his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you why. Jesus was not a result of natural procreation. Jesus was not a product of Joseph and Mary. Jesus was spoken into the womb of Mary as the Spirit of God came upon her and the power of the highest overshadowed her and little baby Jesus was conceived in her womb. If you and I today could have seen Jesus and have Him stand there beside Mary and Joseph, He would have had no traits of Mary or Joseph. He had the traits of His heavenly Father. One of the disciples asked Him, Show us the Father. And He said, When you've seen Me, you have seen the Father. Glory to God. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Because of that virgin birth, He did not have that gene of sin flowing in His bloodstream. Now I want you to get that. Understand that. Peter said that his blood was precious blood. We've not been redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. Jesus, without a gene of sin in his blood, no sin nature, was able to live a perfect life. And because of His perfect life, the Spirit of God was able to rest upon Him in a way not possible since Adam. Because of Jesus' perfect blood, no sin nature, the Spirit of God was able to rest upon Him unlike any other human being since Adam. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, he said, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, referring to Christ, was made a quickening Spirit. Mm. And I'm here to tell you today, 
what Jesus did for us opened the door for the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and lives to live there, to dwell there. Glory to God. Just like God originally intended for it to be in Adam. Do you get that? Paul said, Romans 8, verse 10. Dana, if you will, pull that up, please. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. He said, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Look at that little phrase right there. The body is dead because of sin. Which means... As a human being, you're not capable of doing what God requires. Dead is dead. It's just not bad, sick. Dead is dead. The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit of life because of righteousness. But you see, it is not your righteousness The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The Spirit is life to us today because of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He never sinned one time. He was in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. And today, we have the benefits of the Holy Spirit within our lives. We don't understand that. It's hard for us to comprehend. The most powerful force in all the universe dwells in you. Paul said, know ye not that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You are the temple of God. The most powerful force in the world lives inside. And yet... The voice is so soft. Many times the flesh is so loud we can't hear it as we should. Paul went on to say there in that verse, verse 11, Romans 8 verse 11. If the Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body i want you to look at that to make alive your mortal body which goes right back to what god originally intended there in the book of genesis when he created man the spirit of god quickens the mortal body what does that mean The Holy Spirit gives you the power to live a godly life. That's what it means. With the Spirit of God in your life, if you'll listen to what the Spirit is saying, you'll be able to live a life of holiness unto the Lord. Now, that don't mean you won't ever make a mistake. That don't mean you won't ever fall. Because I'm going to tell you something. You've still got 
that gene of sin flowing in your bloodstream. Understand that. We've only got a little bit of what Jesus paid such an awesome price for us to have. All we've got is just a little bit of it. The rest of it's going to come when the trump of Almighty God sounds. And corruption puts on incorruption. And mortality puts on immortality. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. That body that was buried, that, was, that body that once was empowered by corrupt blood will be raised in the power of the Holy Ghost. Changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Let me ask this question. Could Jesus have done what he did without the Holy Spirit? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus was God, manifest in the flesh. Could he have done what he did without the Holy Spirit? The answer is no. He could not have. Simply because of this. When Jesus became a man, he laid aside his deity. He laid aside his God powers, if you will. Laid them aside and took upon himself the likeness of sinful flesh. A man, a human being, just like you and I. And everything he did while he walked this earth was done as a man, empowered by the Spirit. When Jesus was 12 years old, Jesus was missing. Mary and Joseph went looking for him. Three days later, they found him in the temple, sitting at the feet of the doctors. Asking questions and answering questions. And they were astonished at his understanding. And the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature. Other than that, there is no mention of Jesus doing any miracles or works of that nature. But when he was 30 years of age, he went to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John said that he saw the Spirit of God descend upon him like a dove. And from that moment on, we see the miracles being performed. We see the blinded eyes open, the water being turned into wine. The miracles started after the Holy Spirit came upon Christ. Let me ask you something. Of all the miracles that Jesus performed, what was the greatest? Of all the works that Christ did while he walked this earth, what work was the greatest? Oh, Brother James, I tell you, I love to have been there that day. When he stood at the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. 
Good grace and mercy. Somebody said that if he hadn't called Lazarus' name, there was so much Holy Ghost power there that if he hadn't called Lazarus by name, every dead thing in them tombs would have come out under the power of Almighty God. As great as that was, that was not the greatest work that Christ did. His greatest work was when he died on Calvary's cross for you and I. Now, let me tell you this before I close. He did nothing without the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told him when to die. He was led of the Holy Spirit right up to the moment that he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and it is finished. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and I'm here to tell you today, the Spirit of the Lord upon Jesus Christ Open the door for the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and lives so that we can live a life that's pleasing unto God. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.